0: Win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe
1: to the Ringer Gambling feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: It's the Ringer's Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by Cars.com.
0: Welcome to the Ringer's Philly special. S.H.I.E.L. Kapadia, joined by Sean Syed of Sumer Sports. At least one more time, Sean. I mean, I think we'll do so. I mean, I don't know. If they get blown out, people are not going to want a film breakdown next week so we'll see if they lose we won't I, I'm not making you commit right now so I guess what could be our last one for a while of course we would have an offseason we would have other stuff to do but how do you feel about it a playoff game you know generally should have some juice might not have the most juice but we're going to talk about the matchup anyway
1: so I feel really good I hope that I could at least you know I didn't prepare my emotional goodbye as you know I'm I'm pro emotion even if you're going to Maybe not let me cry into the microphone. I mean, we gotta have some sort of emotional goodbye, no matter what happens. But I will say, you know, amazing year, and I'm finally at the point, Shield, where I really like doing the previews. And it, it's rough that now we're at the point where it's like, a, oh, you know, is there even gonna be a next week? But we'll get we'll get into it. I mean, maybe some maybe some optimism by the end of it.
0: Well, part of liking to do the preview was probably because it meant we didn't have to recap what happened in that uh Eagles-Giants game, at least in the first half. I did watch the first half of the film. Maybe we'll weave some of that in there. But no one wants to hear that. We had Tim on yesterday. Tim McManus, hopefully you all listened to that. It was a lot of big picture. Love having T-Mac on. I mean, that guy, he's, he's there every day. He's got connections. He's talking to people. He He has that sense, you know? of what's actually going on here from working with him. I know the antennae, uh, he, they were always up. He was always looking, what's going on here? And so that was a fun conversation. Now we're going to get into the game. There's a playoff game this this weekend, Monday night, actually. Uh, Eagles go to Tampa. Are they still, let me see. let me check the line, still three-point favorites, it looks like, in Tampa. So listen, if you go by the betting markets, they should win this football game. What's it going to take? They beat this team earlier in the season, week three. It, it was a different time. It was a different world, Sean. I mean, the optimism around this Eagles team. They played great in that game. Defense played great. Uh, offense had 472 yards, and now it is just a completely different situation. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to break it down. Eagles offense versus Bucks defense. Bucks offense. First Eagles defense. What are we looking for? What did we learn from that first matchup? What's the blueprint for success for this Eagles team? Because I know there's still some of you out there saying, you know, we just like, give us something. The season cannot end like this on a Monday night in Tampa to Baker Mayfield. Tampa has already had, uh, you know, had enough bad memories in your brain if you are an Eagles fan. So maybe, maybe Eagles win that game. And then who knows after that? All right, Sean. Let's start with the Eagles offense, the better side of the ball, the side of the ball that if you are an optimist, this is where you got to look. You know, I think they still can, even in this scheme, which we don't like, even with the designs that we don't like, even with some of the play calls that we don't like. Guess what? They're still very talented and they can still put up 30 plus on most opponents, I think, in the NFC. So that game in week three, Sean, I mean, great Eagles offensive performance, 27 first downs, 400 and 72 yards. They ran the ball 40 times for 201 yards. Who knew at that time there would be people standing outside the Novacare complex saying, run the ball. They ran the ball 40 times. And they had that drive, Sean, which really, when things are clicking for this offense over the last two years, they put together these kinds of drives. 9-22 in the fourth quarter, they take over and the Bucks do not get the ball back. I mean, that that's the kind of drive we saw from this team uh, last year. Have not seen it so much since that week three game. So uh, we'll get into when the Eagles run the ball, uh, when the Eagles pass the ball. Just any any overall general thoughts uh, about this matchup, Eagles offense versus the Bucks
1: defense. I mean, going back to that game, Sheila, it, it really does feel like a whole entire different universe where, I, you know, I missed the days when we were just talking about is Jalen Hurts bailing out of the pocket too fast? can we get AJ Brown into the end zone? Now the conversations are, are so, so, so different where we went in back in week two and week three, the Vikings game to the Bucks game where it's like, you know, we can really lean on this run game through a lot of different things. But, you know, a lot of things I think will carry over from that game to this game where you don't see the Buccaneers as a defense that is going to change everything overnight. And it's not that they're not game plan specific, but you know, Todd Bowles is going to do what Todd Bowles wants to do. So hopefully that allows the Eagles to be yeah. a little bit more successful in this one.
0: Yeah, he, he's, he's been around for a while. You know what you're getting with him. He's been mostly successful as a, as a defensive coach throughout his career. All right, so when the Eagles run the football, this is really strength on strength. Okay, Eagles, even though we had many times, Sean, second half of the season, we're going. It feels like they're a little off in the run game. Bigger samples are better than smaller samples. They finished the season fifth in rushing DVOA, top five rushing team in terms of efficiency this season. Buck's defense, they finished eighth against the run uh, in DVOA. So that game was kind of an outlier for them, that week three game where the Eagles ran all over uh, all over them. You know, for most of the season, that Buck's defense has been pretty good against the run. But DeAndre Swift in that game, 16 carries for 130 yards. Bucks did not have their first round pick, Kalijah Kansey. Uh, for that game, he'll obviously be back in the lineup. They've got Vita Vea, who's speaking of, uh, you know, Pete Carroll gets, uh, I don't know, is fired the right word, gets moved upstairs, uh, whatever it is. But uh, my friend Jason Jenks, who works for the Athletic, we would always joke in Seattle because anytime the, the Seahawks would add a a defensive tackle or it could even be a guard, John John Schneider would say, he's a big, strong, powerful man. And we would always laugh and we would just tell each other throughout the season about someone being a big, strong, powerful man. Well, Vita Vea, their their defensive tackle is certainly a big, strong, powerful man. All right, John, what do you see? What do you see uh, from the run game from the Eagles? Maybe stuff that can carry over from week three into this game, how to kind of attack that Bucks defense if the Eagles are going to have that same kind of success on the ground.
1: At a high level, there are a lot of different ways that you can attack a defense in the run game. There's, of course, teams like the 49ers that they use disguise motions and forcing players to kind of bump over. As we know, the Eagles don't do a ton of that. You can also take advantage of the quarterback in the run game to pull players away. And you hope that now at this point in the season, there might not be another game. So it's at this point, you're very much, hey, Jalen Hurts is probably going to be able to be even a little bit more attacking in the run game and then from week three and really to week two against the Vikings, they were really vertically attacking in the run game, a little bit more inside. And then what I liked from them in week three against the Buccaneers is they were running a little bit more horizontally. They weren't saying let's bang our head against that Vita sized wall. Let's get those linebackers moving horizontally. Let's displace those that front uh, as well, left and right more where you're creating a seam to get uh, up the field. And I thought John J. Swift did such a good job in that where I would anticipate we see a lot of that, uh, early and often, and then really be able to tie your RPOs into that to give a team that's going to play that zone coverage. You know, not not that it is vanilla, but it's a little vanilla. You can conflict defenders that way where they don't know where that they can go, and you can start by doing that with some of those a little bit more horizontal runs.
0: Yeah, I, I remember you said after that game you were talking about how wide zone is more of a feel run for the running back, and how like hey DeAndre Swift looked pretty good um, in that role in this game so that that's a good note to have here and then the RPOs I think are a big deal. I think this is a big big RPO game uh against that zone heavy Tampa Bay Bucks defense and so it might be less, you know, Jalen Hurts keeping it uh on a read it might be a little bit more hey read that linebacker whether it's Devin White uh levante david the veteran um and and where are they going and who are you reading and can you throw a little slant can you throw something to dallas goddard on that slide rpo hey maybe you come up with a few new wrinkles to the rpo game we've been calling for that we've seen a little touch here and there but this would be a good time to get those reps in uh and mix those in here so yeah i think you nailed it there with the run game uh you know, I I don't know. I think like like the Bucks played a lot of single high defense in that game. Like they were more focused on stopping the run um, versus hey sit back and let's uh, you know let's make sure we don't get beat deep. I don't I, you kind of wonder is it going to be the same thing from Todd Bowles in this game? Because like I said, Eagles had 472 yards in that game, so Bucks might come in and say hey our personnel is different, their personnel is a little bit different. Uh, we're going to play the same way we did in week three, and we're going to stop the run. Uh, do you think that's what's going to happen, or do you think they might come in and and be a little bit different and maybe not uh, play so many you know one high coverages um, to stop the run?
1: I think Todd Bowles is you know he's going to be dedicated to stopping the run until the until he he's not allowed to call a defense anymore. So I, I have a hard time thinking that that's going to drastically change. Yeah. I do think you make a good point that they should feel better with their personnel up front, getting Klaja Kansi, who I think is that has been really really good at one of those interior defensive end spots, and there are five down fronts. And even their younger guys uh, have, I think, just emerged throughout the season. And if I'm thinking about it just from, oh, okay, what is the Eagles offense? Like, what are you really, really afraid of? Of course, you're afraid of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Both those guys are coming off of injuries, and it feels like you can, if you can stop the run on early downs and get this team into third and long, and then you get into your pressure looks that we'll talk about when we talk about the Eagles pass offense. I mean, I think that's a, a good formula to be able to, attack this where you are now you're like almost on offense against the offense in a lot of ways so in my mind and i think it's probably right like even if the eagles are going to be a high pass on early downs sort of team you're still going to want to kill the run first and foremost and and she'll neither of us are hey you need to stop the run to win the game you need to establish the run to win the game but the eagles offense keeps on showing us that they're making uh, their own life hard in the past a
0: couple nuggets i read in a wonderful sumer sports Playoff preview Sean, that I think are worth uh sharing here now, what's the easiest way for people uh to get to this and i, I will sell it. you don't have to sell it. just tell them how to get it first of all.
1: Jill, very kind. I mean, even leading into that I got everyone I will say so our our higher ups told us you know don't don't send it out to anyone beforehand. I, of course, send it to Sheil uh, against the the advice of the higher-ups because Sheil's a good friend. He's been so good to me. And he tells me he was already subscribed. <laughs> I mean, Sheil, uh, uh, just a, a real good friend through and through. Uh, but everyone, you can visit SumerSports.com. There's a, a massive gold <laughs> banner at the top. It is 100% free. Uh, that's that's the main thing that I push for. Make sure everyone can get their eyes on it. You can go to our Twitter at SumerSports.com. It's the pinned tweet. But on our website, SumerSports.com, there's a... A playoff preview tab, you press a few buttons, you get it. Uh, instead of having directly sent to S.H.I.E.L., uh, who was kind enough to also uh, be one of our subscribers for free. Again, ve- very, very free. Listen, it's free. I'll put an
0: email address in there. I want to juice the numbers. I want you know you to look good uh, to your bosses there at Sumer. I want me to look good. So you know, juice the numbers for us on this podcast and take a second now, go rate, review, subscribe. But no, this thing is awesome. I mean, if you're always like, man, yeah, now some of you probably hate the stats, but if you're ever like, man, Sheel's got, you know, Shield and Sean have these stats that they threw out there or Solak or whatever. And when we don't get access to those, like, This has those uh, in there. I mean, broken down in a great, very organized way. Offense, uh, defense, coverages, quarterbacks against different, like all kinds of stuff in there. Very useful, whether you just want to scout the Eagles opponent, whether you want to put a little lettuce. Shout out to FanDuel, a presenting sponsor. Uh, Put a little lettuce on some of the games, whether you're doing like, a, you know, the fantasy, one one week fantasy uh, or whatever, the daily fantasy. So uh, I would absolutely uh, check that out. If you like the data, but two things there from there, Sean, one was, uh, confirmed that the Eagles finished the season ranked 32nd in motion rate in the NFL. So as you're watching the other games and saying, and, and, you know, Tony Romo and whoever else are going wild about, Oh, look at how this offense used motion to free this guy up. Just know that the Eagles use that less than any offense in the NFL. That's one. And two, I thought was really interesting. Sean was Eagles passing game efficiency on early downs versus late downs. I don't think I have the exact number here, but I think on early downs, it was middle of the pack, like 17th or 18th or something. On late downs, first. Uh, And so I just think that speaks to like, we're going to nitpick on Jalen Hurts and it could be a long offseason analyzing Jalen Hurts, but to be able to continuously uh, consistently convert on late downs uh, in the passing game when it's third and long or whatever, I do think a lot of that just comes down to, to quarterback play and pushing the ball downfield and not, uh, checking it down short of the stick. So I thought that was a little feather in the cap, uh, of Jalen Hurts when I read that.
1: Yeah, sure. This has been, I feel like pretty consistently where we've, uh, we watched the film and think that Jalen Hurts is not the problem in the the overarching structure of the offense. And when you come into this matchup, as again, thinking about it from, the Bucks' perspective, like, do you want to make Jalen Hurts beat you? I think that you want to force the offensive structure to beat you, where when I think about maybe the weakest point overall, it's not the individual players. I don't think it's how the individual players are really executing their assignments in so many ways. It is, well, the, there are structural issues where if you put six people on the line against empty, you're going to get specific checks over and over again. Like, you can, it feels a little bit predictable because that's what their answers are. And I, I think the I I say again, uh, as I did last week, I think the press conferences from the beat reporters have been so, so good. I think, you know, specifically Zach uh, Berman has done such a good job uh, from PHLY, always asking the question about the blitz and then how is the, uh, like, what is the offensive answer? And regardless of the answers, they made a good point on their podcast. Like, the coaches still need to say something. Like, it's important that we get it on the record so when we watch the film, we can look at it and say, well, that maybe wasn't, uh, (laughs) maybe didn't feel like uh, the best job. By them uh in responding on film she'll uh, if next week if i'm allowed to talk into a microphone with you next week and we talk about issues with the blitz it uh i mean cliff might cut my mic pretty early
0: <laughs> listen you're welcome anytime i told you i'm gonna april 10th be like wait uh, caleb williams your thoughts uh here sean i'm gonna be very late uh to some of those top prospects all right let's take a quick break let's come back and let's talk about the passing game, and the blitz and how the Eagles can attack this Bucks defense. When it comes to the NFL playoffs, you've got to win one game at a time. But when you bet the NFL playoffs on FanDuel, one game can mean a lot of wins. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, has all your favorite bets, like the money line and the spread, plus all sorts of prop bets. The one game I'm looking at here, Cleveland Browns minus two and a half, at the Texans, I like that one a little bit. You can go with that. You can go with something else. Right now, every day, there's an NFL playoff game. FanDuel is giving all customers a no-sweat, same-game parlay. That means when you combine all your bets for a chance at a bigger payday, you'll get bonus bets back if your SGP doesn't win. Just visit FanDuel.com ringerphilly if you don't already have an account. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in select states. Minimum three leg parlay required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm.
1: Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code Spotify for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
0: Alright, we are back on the Ringers Billy Special. All right. Eagles passing the football against this Bucks defense. Eagles finish the season 12 in passing DVOA. As I said with Tim. I think that's the number. Maybe not that specific number, but that's the thing that probably Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. Jeffrey Lurie has. Jeffrey Lurie hates the idea. Of establishing the run. I have literally had conversations with him where he gets annoyed when he hears announcers say, you gotta establish the run, and they think that that's the solution for all of an offense's problem. He's been ahead of the curve on, on that, honestly. Like He was thinking this way way back when all the nerds were, you know, were saying it, so its I, I think it's a good thing to have an owner uh, who believes that, but when he looks at Jalen Hurts and this offensive line and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, and you're not even in the top 10 in passing, uh, that's got to annoy him. That's got to annoy Howie Roseman. So injuries are something to keep an eye on here. We are recording this Wednesday late afternoon. Jalen Hurts obviously had the finger. Eagles haven't started practicing yet, so that's why I'm saying that. Uh, Jalen Hurts obviously had the finger injury. A.J. Brown had the knee injury. Devontae Smith had the ankle injury. A pretty big deal, those those three guys. So keep an eye uh, throughout the week. What does it look like? Are those guys practicing? Are they definitely playing? Are they playing injured? That's going to be a big factor here. But uh, on paper, Sean, relatively even matchup. I mean, Bucs are uh, 14th in DVOA uh, against the pass. So you're talking about 12th versus 14th, similar range there in terms of performance during the regular season. All right, let's talk about the big thing the Blitz over and over and over. And over, how many times should I say it? 17 times? Because there were 17 regular season games. Uh, Listen, there were some games in there where the Eagles did a good job against the Blitz. But overall, my goodness, when you watch a Week 18 game against Wink Martindale, who's one big, you know, the defining characteristic of a Wink Martindale defense is what? Blitz, blitz, blitz some more. Then you blitz. If that doesn't work, you blitz again. If that blitz doesn't work, like this is what the man has done over and over again. And the Eagles were not ready for it, were not prepared for it, did not have answers for it once again. And so on the season, 25 quarterbacks were blitzed at least 100 times. Jalen Hurts ranked 18th in success rate. No quarterback faced more big blitzes, which we've talked about consistently, six or more pass rushers than Jalen Hurts. Among those 24, uh, he ranked 22nd in success rate against big blitzes. They just don't always have answers. I was watching, you know, JT O'Sullivan uh, on the QB school did a video on this and he's just like, I can't like I just say the same things over and over again when I do uh, when I do an Eagles game and he's putting some of it on the design uh, of the offense. Guys are not looking. The hot there's no hot routes when there is something available. Jalen Hurts isn't seeing it uh, clearly. The running backs are an issue in pass protection, so it's not just one thing. But this is something that really, in my opinion, is one of the bigger indictments um, on the coaching staff is how they have not uh, handled the blitz. So. What kind of blitzes are we talking about with Todd Bowles? What do you expect Jalen Hurts to face here? Is there any hope? Uh, because Sean, in the first game, they did a decent job. Again, you know, Todd Bowles blitzed them, and they did a pretty good job in week three. Is that the hope? Is that what we're hanging our hat on uh, when we look at this matchup?
1: Uh, yeah, and I mean, in week three, it felt like we were treading a little bit of water on does this team have answers to the blitz? Obviously, 2022, maybe not uh, the ba- a banner year for them against are there like schematic answers against the blitz feels like that's been emphatically answered in the negative and just thinking about blitz there's obviously there's different types of blitzes whether <clears throat> some teams will overload a side, some teams will really try and like get a specific way to break your production to get a free runner through the middle or some teams just want to get a one on one in some way where they say you know you're not going to win all five of these matchups up front and the eagles offensive line like they are not the problem in the ecosystem of the blitz they and even looking back at the week three film, which is of course a really long time, but I think consistently throughout the year, it's usually not that one person just gets totally wiped. It's usually some sort of manipulation or some sort of overload. So I think Bowles does a little bit of both where sometimes it's relatively predictable, just five down front going. So he not count that as a blitz because it's obviously not seven people in coverage, but it's not like a disguise. There is some of the funky, like we're going to drop out a defensive tackle. We're going to send a nickel. From the opposite side but just throughout the year it's it's been fairly clear that the answers to the blitz and actually i think what's probably the most frustrating is you talk about wink who for the record is a free agent defensive coordinator in case anyone uh, in the league is looking for one he is known for that so it's not that it was a surprise it's not that chill you got yeah. to call the defense and no one knew <clears throat> what you were going to call we all know you're going to blitz eight every single play come on but yeah, that that is such a frustrating <laughs> thing where you do hope that you can just I don't know, if you get those looks and if it becomes an RPO game or like an advantage throw, let's just get the ball out to the sideline kind of quickly, you're breaking tackles maybe, even though I think they do have good players in their secondary at different levels. So the, oh, the overall blitz scheme, is it like the craziest blitz scheme that ever existed? I don't think so. Do I think the offensive line can handle it? Yes, but the overall structure, it relies too much on, you know, Jalen Hurts has to extend the play, uh, and a lot of times it ends up with him rolling out and just kind of throwing the ball to the sidelines.
0: Yeah, it's really, uh, I mean, that that was just, I think, according to the numbers, now I didn't chart this, so don't quote me, but according to True Media, Sean, against the Giants, they had 13 dropbacks against the Blitz, and they did not convert a single first down on any of those 13. I mean, that is... That is horrible. Uh, Again, I didn't chart that myself, but listen, I looked it up multiple times, so hopefully uh, it's correct. That's what it looked like watching. I mean, they really had no answers. Hertz was 5 for 12 for 41 yards um, against the Blitz there. So again, in week three, when the Bucs blitzed them, it was pretty good. 13 for 21, 152 yards against the Blitz. So let's see if they have some answers here. Uh, overall, in that game, Sean Hurts had a had a good game, twenty three for thirty seven, two hundred seventy seven yards, a touchdown. Uh, did have a couple interceptions. AJ Brown had a monster game there, nine catches for hundred and thirty one yards. So, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Bucks will play a lot of single high coverages. You'll see cover three. Uh, you'll see cover one. They don't just do one thing. They'll they'll mix in uh, cover four and cover two. We've mentioned before, Eagles statistically hurts. They've had issues against those split safety zone coverages. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on as well. What else are you looking for in terms of how the Bucks might try to defend the Eagles uh, in terms of their coverages? Uh, who, what we're looking at from the Eagles in terms of how to attack those coverages?
1: The Bucks defense is going to play some of those more simple zone coverages where a player is going to drop to a landmark, they're going to turn, they're going to get their eyes on the quarterback, and they're going to break on the ball. So if you Call that a simpler zone coverage. That does mean that a lot of your base pass plays that were invented kind of back in the day to beat those specific coverages, they may just look better. So, some of the schematic issues that we've had with the passing offense, hopefully, that can get relieved a little bit just by virtue of the way that the Buccaneers play their pass defense. And then, you know, anytime you have a one on one with AJ Brown, those plays are going to look really good. <clears throat> Obviously, assuming that he is healthy, he was so able to rack up those yards in week three but just thinking about like flood concepts where you're sending three receivers you have three different levels where the defense only has two levels that sail route that kind of 10 yard rounded kind of corner out uh to dallas goddard would love to see a whole lot of those uh, because i do think philadelphia's offense should just have matchup advantages kind of across the board even if tampa bay probably has an all pro uh in the back end at the free safety position so those simple zone coverages where we keep stressing rpos because a player Cannot both, you know, attack a run gap and then go back and fill uh, their spot in the zone coverage at the same exact time. You know, the Eagles know that the Eagles are, have been, I think, good at that historically. And even AJ Brown's injury was on, I'm pretty sure in RPO, uh, that was a nice little design. So let's, let's get some of those cooking. Yeah. Carlton
0: Davis, uh, their corner did not play in that first game. He he's obviously back. So that's a, a matchup to keep an eye on him against AJ Brown. And then you mentioned it, Antoine Winfield, First-team All-Pro in my book. I haven't done my full All-Pros, but he would certainly be a first-team All-Pro for me. I mean, that guy is a playmaker. Like, you got to watch where he's at. I mean, if he's, if he's coming on a blitz from Jalen Hurts' blind side, that is a sack fumble waiting to happen. We've seen it over and over again uh, this season. So he is a fantastic player and a guy to kind of circle as you're watching this game. All right, blueprint, Sean. You know, the Eagles coaches are meeting. They're saying, how are we going to attack this Bucks defense. Here's some of the stuff I came up with. I want you to tell me if you agree, uh, disagree, no shield, you're dumb, go with something completely different. Uh, I mean, the first thing that's kind of on my radar is can you run the ball like you did in the first game? Because if you can run it that efficiently, that's going to solve a lot uh, of your problems. I'm not totally convinced that they can. It doesn't mean you abandon it, but like that's something I'm going to be watching um, early in the game. What does it look like? Are they having missed assignments? Are they getting tackles for loss? Does it look pretty good. What kind of runs are they going with? So that's number one. Number two, RPO game against their zone coverages. We've already mentioned it multiple times here. This is a a big RPO game potentially uh, for the Eagles. And then three, can you have a plan for their pressure schemes? I mean, you said it, Sean, if we're here on late Monday night or next week, we say, let's just do one more show, wrapping it up. And, we're, and I'm putting out numbers of Jalen Hurts against the Blitz, and you're saying, oh my gosh, how did they get to them here? I mean, that it that is really going to be tough to swallow, I think, for any Eagles fan listening to this, any Eagles fan watching this. And keep an eye out for those zero blitzes. I mean, the Bucks are not afraid to dial those up. I think they dialed them up five times in the first game. Jalen Hurts against zero blitzes this year, 27.7% success rate. League average is 43%. I mean, it's one of the worst success rates, and it's a small sample, granted, but it's one of the worst success rates against zero blitzes of any offense in the NFL so that's a little bit of my uh my game plan, my blueprint for the Eagles blueprint for the the box is pretty simple. I think it's you know, blitz them until they show you they can burn you with them uh and then can you stop the run better than you did in the first game? all right, what do you think? What did I miss? What did I screw
1: up? I think that like how much as an eagles? fan or obviously coach and in the building like do you think that you can win the game really with DeAndre Swift because I think that he is going to draw a ton of attention in the run game you can use him in the pass game obviously Jalen Hurts's finger is banged up you have those receivers hurt you can use that to tie in to the RPO game and I think that a lot of times during the year when we saw the offense run the ball on third and like five or six they were thinking of this beautiful memory that was in my head too if I think it was a third and eight run that the Eagles had against the Buccaneers in week three where they felt like it kept getting uh, mentioned looking backwards so I think that DeAndre Swift actually can be just like a massive massive difference obviously he was out last week with an illness hopefully he's getting getting the rest that that he needs and he can come into this game healthy because I have real real concerns for the you know when it gets to third and eight and what you're going to do as an offense because at that point don't expect a schematic overhaul in just a week. I wouldn't expect the magical answers to pressure. At that point, it becomes: Is Jalen Hurts able to extend a play? Is it just going to be escape the pocket and throw away, throw the ball away? But I do think even against those pressure looks, it's going to end up in you know AJ Brown, Devonte Smith isolated on the outside, where I've complained about those curl routes a lot. I think we will uh, probably continue to it, it, maybe haunt haunt us in our uh, respective nightmares. But you can make those quick throws on the outside. So. To me, it, it's weird to say it because I'm pretty clear on how I think Hertz has been playing lately. Uh, I think it actually is led by DeAndre Swift and you know if they stay in one high, then you can really get to a lot of those easier outside matchups. Uh, from the from the Buccaneers' side, I uh, 100% agree. Like, it's so much, well, what have the Buccaneers learned from watching how teams have really taken advantage of the Eagles' offense in the last few weeks? Uh, obviously, you can understand that A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith can really wipe out any defense, but I don't know. I'd like I'd like to see it happen. I'd like to see the Eagles uh kind of prove it because I think you can force them into those empty screens. You know, you can force the running backs into pass protection where you can take advantage of that. And, you know, see if the Eagles learn anything. Shield, maybe they were they were playing a little bit of possum. Maybe they were just hiding all the, the beautiful answers. They let Wink uh, have have that one and they were just saving it up to surprise all of us going into the playoffs. Listen, as I said
0: yesterday, if you've seen that Chad Ocho Cinco clip, uh circulating. He's smoking something. And that's his theory is that the, the Eagles were playing possum. Um, and that, uh, you know, they're just going to come out in the playoffs and they're going to roll the bucks and they're going to be okay. So yeah, who knows? Maybe that's what it will be. All right. So that's the Eagles offense against the bucks defense. Now, if you want to turn the podcast off now, then like fast forward to the final five minutes where uh, we give our predictions, I will not blame you because we are about to talk about the Eagles defense against this Bucks offense. Sean, week three, I mean, they killed this Bucks offense. Tampa had 12 first downs, 174 total yards. Baker Mayfield, 15 for 25 for 146 yards. They couldn't run the ball, 2.4 yards per carry. It was the Eagles' best game of the season in terms of EPA per drive. I mean, just shut them down. Completely, and that was a two and0 Bucks team if, if memory serves, right? Yeah, they started out uh, 2 and0. Since then, Sean, it has not, it has not been great for the Eagles defense, okay? Uh, Eagles defense finishes the season 29th in defensive DVOA. 29th, one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So uh, you got that going up against a Bucks offense that did not score a touchdown. Last week, Bucks won that game. 9 nothing. Baker Mayfield went into the game with a rib injury. Then he hurts his ankle. Uh, really, the Panthers had a, had a chance in that game. I mean, they had a touchdown where DJ Shark uh, fumbled the ball going into the end zone. If he scores there, who knows? They had another touchdown run called back because uh, I think Terrace Marshall was lined up incorrectly. It wasn't like a hold or something that opened up the touchdown. So that was a game uh, that they certainly could have lost. So they didn't play great there. They've been a little streaky. Uh, throughout the season, the Bucks' offense is 20th in offensive DVOA, 28th against the run. Not a good rushing team overall in terms of efficiency, but 16th against the pass. Uh, before we go run, before we go pass, what are some of the 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 bigger picture thoughts you have, Sean, about the matchup on this side of the ball?
1: This is the part of the matchup that really feels like it was it was centuries ago, where the Eagles' defense, obviously, in such a different place now. I think that was like one of the earlier games in Jalen Carter, just totally being able to to ruin an offensive line. And, you know, Cliff maybe had some more positive feelings about Nicholas Morrow back then. And then even in that whole time, the Bucks offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, now he's listed for head coaching spots. They end the season just so, so killer in terms of statistics and on film on third downs. I think overall, as an offense, they really want to push the ball down the field. They are better on late downs than early downs, where it feels like sometimes they're going to waste those early downs. Uh, and, you know, stats are going to tell you. I, I think you listed the, the DVOA, like 28th and run, 16th and pass. You know, they're not world-beating numbers. It's like a bit more of one of the... This is like a fun team on film where when you go back, you watch just the third downs. It, it looks all pretty. These routes are spaced out really nice, and they're stressing zone coverage well. So certainly an offense where it's it's not... Uh, it like. They're still two great receivers. It's not a world beating offense, I think, overall, but certainly good enough uh, to to outscore uh, whatever the Eagles are able to put up based on who the Eagles have on defense.
0: I mean, listen, the, the Eagles just had a stretch of what, seven touchdowns and 10 drives to uh, the Cardinals and to Tarod Taylor. So it almost like, unless, as I said before, unless it's like a 49er situation from the NFC Championship game where literally the quarterback cannot throw the football. Um, you should be concerned here. So yeah, I think they've reached a level of competence. Uh, Mayfield has been streaky. Like Mayfield has had games this year where, like, wow, you know, he is just ripping the football and he's got the arm and he, you know, he's just getting rid of the football quickly to uh, Godwin and Evans. Like you mentioned, who are two very good receivers. And then there's other games where you look at it and you're like, Oh, that's the guy who was on multiple teams last year. And you know, anybody could have had him this off season. So it's hard to know what version of Mayfield uh, you're going to get. I, I almost feel like after a possession or two, uh, you know, you're going to know what kind of game this is going to be. All right. When the bucks run the football here, Sean, like we said, they are not a good uh, rushing team. They run the ball at about a league average rate on early downs, and they're not very good at it. Now, I will say this. I put this in the doc. I don't know if you caught it. I, I said that doesn't mean that they'll be bad at it here because a younger shield, you know, covering, was it one of my, maybe one of my first playoff games, 2010 Eagles Packers blogging for philly.com. At the time, shout out to the move in the chains heads uh, out there. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. Uh, blogging about the Eagles in the NFL at the time. And I'm pretty sure I wrote before that game, I was like just looking at, you know, the stats, uh regular season. And I'm saying, uh, you know, the Packers are not going to be able to run the football on this Eagles team. Just look at it. Packers aren't a good rushing team. The Eagles are stopping the run. That's not how this game's going to be decided. And then James Starks, who remembers him? I think number 33. In my head, that could be wrong. Who knows? Uh, James Starks has a nice game against the Eagles. I think he ran for like 120 yards. I think he had um, a run of 20-plus yards. So sometimes you throw out the regular season stuff, uh, you throw that out the window, and something different happens in the playoffs. But I think on paper, they should not be able to run all over you. Now, big question for you, Sean. Should the Eagles be playing five-man... About five-man fronts in this game. I mean, we've seen it. We saw it on film last week. First possession, first play. Hassan Reddick drops into coverage, completion behind him. Second possession, other side. Josh Sweat drops into coverage, completion behind him. Should they be putting themselves in situations where they have five-man fronts, where the offense can say, okay, that's what you're doing. Well, we're going to make this guy drop into coverage because we don't want them rushing the passer. We're going to throw the football here, uh, and that's how we're going to attack you. Or can they just simplify? in this game. I joked yesterday, and I don't know that it's a joke. I feel like they should just go back to a high school play, maybe not, maybe a middle school playbook here. Just give me like three coverages. If they came out and played cover two on every snap, and they're just like, this is what we're doing, four down front, we're playing cover two, that might be their best chance in this game. But uh, what do you think about the fronts here, five-man fronts versus four-man fronts against this Bucks team?
1: Shield, the Hassan Redick watch, the or Reddick drop watch is always fun. Drops on those first two plays and then gets a big TFL on the third play. Maybe he maybe he took your <laughs> advice on, on that. One just a little bit. Just a little bit. But, I
0: noticed that too. <laughs> it, it, it was shocking. A TFL. Yeah. A TFL? What is that? Oh, they're allowed to make plays behind the line of scrimmage. I noticed that he's probably he probably just unleashed all his anger on that one TFL. But yeah, sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. The,
1: the five down front question is 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 tough because, you know. Can you fit the run from from your four down front? Uh, the last few weeks, I feel like the answer has been no. I do hope that the answer is yes. Then you think about it from the Bucks' perspective; they should absolutely get into a heavier uh, package where they will put an, an extra offensive lineman on the field, get into your two tight end sets, and then once the Eagles go five down, spread them out and empty. Use your motion, and then how many times are we going to see? I mean, we to see Nolan Smith carry a, <laughs> a player up the whole entire field, which was a oh rough my one. So. Gosh. I I like to say, okay, yeah, like my ideal would be let's play four down uh, defense and be able to fit the run from there. But that is just like a massive if Uh, And I would say even then I would probably be more comfortable. You know, you play that four down front. Let those guys be a little bit more attacking. You'll get a TFL. The Bucs will run more on first and second down than they probably should. Watch this be the one game that they don't. But uh, I'm hoping that they continue that trend and then chill I I like to think you know you stop the run on early downs you get to the third and long pass but that's obviously not one of the the banner spots of this Eagles defense by any means so the five down front question I think it's it's just a legitimate question it's good either way in terms of like should they play it no because they're not good at it but then if you can't stop the run from four down hopefully you can get to five down maybe it's you know you go four down and then rotate your safety down instead and so you're using that as a way to manipulate it my concern is you know can you just tackle Uh, Rashard white like that that's that's a a concern where he's been able to I think break tackles at a at an at an alarming uh, rate so the Rashad white broken tackle watch uh, will be will be another watch that we have to do
0: and the Eagles tackling I mean it was almost like I don't want to say comedy because if I was trying to tackle someone it would look pretty ugly but my goodness like when i you know when i was a kid they would have like you know, now i'm sounding very very old but you know what who cares i don't care nah, they would have the vhs's of like the sports bloopers and stuff like man there were a couple of Eagles plays from this game against the giants where th- those would uh those would belong on some of those cut-ups there so yeah the bucks do like i said they run the ball at about a league average rate on early downs and they're not very good at it so that works in your favor the thing is, it's like the Eagles haven't, you know, they play the five-man fronts and then they're, it's not like they're shutting down the, the run. You know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but anecdotally, it's not like that's been the answer uh, and that's solved their problem. So uh, I just feel like simplify it. Let Hassan Reddick go forward. Just, you know. Have something that goes at like put on some type of cleats where if if he's taking a step backwards, it's like buzzing him or something, you know, shocking him. No, no, go, go, go forward. Um, Maybe his agent, you know, can get him some some cleats like that uh, as well. So uh, I don't know that that's how I see it. So we'll see. Um, I, I would be surprised again, James Starks corollary. I would be surprised if we're talking about Monday night Eagles lost this game just because they got run all over. It could happen. With the way the Eagles defense has played in recent weeks, it could happen. But the Bucs just have not been a very efficient um, running team. So that would be just a a massive disappointment for the Eagles if that's how this one plays out. All right. When the Bucs pass the football, I mentioned it. That first game, Mayfield was not very good uh, in that first game. But right now, anyone can pass on the Eagles. And on the season, Baker Mayfield, 11th in EPA per pass play. 18th in success rate, taking sacks at a lower rate uh, than he usually does. Not major differences in his splits in terms of man versus zone or uh, blitz versus no blitz. Another great nugget in the Sumer preview, Sean. Big play action team, the Tampa Bay Bucs. 10th highest play action percentage in the NFL. So I thought, all right, I'm going to go look up how the Eagles been against play action. 24th in success rate. So, for the 17th consecutive week, maybe longer than that, uh, protecting the middle of the field is is going to be an issue uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you see in terms of uh, how the Bucks might attack them, that play-action game, uh, and how the Eagles can at least limit some of the damage?
1: You got to go quarterback first and just think about Baker Mayfield, where he has absolutely had his ups and downs through the seasons. More ups than certainly I expected, and I think that a lot of people expected and he is going to throw you one in this game like in the last two games he certainly has and part of that is a yes. function that because they want to push the ball downfield that ball has to come out early sometimes the receiver is just a touch off I think an Eagles defender will get <laughs> their hands on the football uh, and have an absolute chance to create a turnover in this game <laughs> and then obviously Baker Mayfield coming off of <laughs> You know, does he have a rib injury? Does he have an ankle injury? And I was talking before about the past game being well-designed and spacing of routes. I do think that is an important thing to consider because, like, the better spaced out your route concepts are, the harder it is for a linebacker to be able to be in the middle of two things. So when we talk about covering the middle of the field, do we expect this to be a game where the Eagles figure it out? Shield, I'm not exactly sure. So thinking back to the Tampa Bay that can come out in 12 personnel, really use that to manipulate it, get into empty where we've seen the Giants and Cardinals do that. I feel like they've learned from each other very, very well. And I would be surprised if Tampa Bay doesn't do that. And, you know, I think the Buccaneers can take advantage of the secondary between Evans and Godwin having really, really good years. Once again, shots down the field, those crossers off of play action. And you kind of just hope that the Eagles rush can give you one uh, where it ends up falling in your favor.
0: Yeah. Even last week, I mean, Mayfield had the Panthers had multiple opportunities in that game uh for takeaways against uh against Mayfield and they did not convert on those so he'll give you some chances uh he's an aggressive thrower he'll try to fit the ball into uh tight windows he's kind of a funny Scrambler I've always thought you know he does like he does some funny stuff like near the sidelines it's kind of like you, you know me when you're not that athletic uh and you're trying to pick up a first down in like backyard football uh that that's what it looks like a little bit with Baker Mayfield but uh, again as a passer, like he can get hot there could be a, a graphic during this game like Mayfield has completed, you know, his last 12 passes again against this Eagles defense where it is so clear that the players do not know what to do. I mean, I'm sorry that that is just what it shows on the film. And I feel bad for them uh, in a way because they're like that's coaching when the players don't know what to do, don't know what their assignments are, don't know what the call is. Don't know how to get lined up like these aren't dumb guys. These aren't guys playing football for the first time. It's actually a bunch of veterans. And so for the coaches to be putting them in those positions again, that that's an indictment on the coaching more so uh, than the players. And then obviously you have personnel issues. I'm not sweeping those uh, under the rug. You obviously have personnel issues. We'll see if you get Darius Slay back for this game. All right. Up front, Sean, where it's like, again, if you just if you're if you're an optimist listening to this saying, give me something, shield, give me something with this defense, maybe I don't know one of these weeks, someone will hit the quarterback. You know, that's kind of how the team was built. First round picks veterans, a lot of money invested into that defensive line, which, again, is completely healthy. You've got every single guy on that defensive line should be available for this game unless they get injured in practice or are injured, and I don't know about it, Uh, but can you get after Baker Mayfield? Eagles, in the first meeting, had a pressure rate of 28.6%. That was actually below average compared to what other teams had against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, all season long. They had two sacks in that game, and actually, I was a little surprised by this. Sean Brandon Thorne, uh, the O-line guru who I, I like quite a bit, he has the Bucs offensive line as the fourth best offensive line uh, in the playoffs. And I think a lot of that, obviously, the the left tackle, Tristan Wirfs, is like an all-pro caliber player. They've got some vulnerabilities on the interior. So, if, you know, if you can get that Jalen Carter performance from week three now in the playoffs, that'd be nice. Fletcher Cox certainly could have a big game um, here. Jordan Davis, you know, can you, can you kind of uh, get back to the player we saw maybe in the first half of the season. How do you kind of see that up front, that matchup?
1: I do think it's an advantage for the Eagles, particularly, as you said, on that interior where Fletcher Cox has had a really, really good year all year long. You hope that Jalen Carter's able to turn it up just a little bit as well. And something that's been surprising about the Bucks and Baker Mayfield specifically is his pressure to sack rate Israel is lower than it has been historically. So, you know, every quarterback gets pressured, but not every quarterback gets sacked after being pressured. And Mayfield has, I think, at times in his career, just put his head down and kind of run into the line. He's done a pretty good job this year of finding ways to not just escape, but navigate the pocket. He had a really nice one against Carolina where he, you know, steps up and maneuvers a little bit and makes a throw. So, can you turn those pressures into sacks or can you, you know, affect Baker a little bit in that way? And then, really big on those third downs where Baker had the most on target throws, uh, tried to buy sports info solutions on third down. So, their third down offense in the pass game has been so, so good. Uh, And one way to hopefully cancel that out if you don't trust all of your coverage players is, you know, can you get your hand on on Baker's arm and, you know, get an an inerrant throw and end up uh, in an explosive play going the other way.
0: There you go. All right, let's see. Blueprint here, Sean, for the Eagles defense. A little old school cliche. A little kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. You know, just give me again. just, Just put up a number. One two, three, or four. That's all we're doing. Cover one, cover two, cover three, cover four. Y'all know how to play these coverages. You've played them before. You've played them for a long time. This probably sickens you as someone who loves all the different intricacies and the complex coverages and the disguise. And now your your podcast co-host is saying, just take it back to basics. But I'm sorry. They don't know what to do. I want them at the very least to know what to do when the call Comes in, and I don't want them to still having to make the call and get lined up when the ball is snapped. So again, keep it simple. That's me. That could be wrong. You could still give up 35, 40 points. That I that's or I said, Sean. You know, it, like that Flores scheme. Is that that hard to incorporate in one week? I mean, come on, you're you're dropping eight. Or you're rushing six or seven. I mean, come on. You could do that in one week. You can go down there in the Novocare complex uh, and do that. So uh, again, I'm just tired of watching film where everybody uh, is confused. This is not a great opponent. Like obviously if you're if you're facing a great opponent, uh you'd be more worried about doing that. But I say just keep it very simple on the back end. Keep it very simple with the fronts. Keep it very simple with the personnel, by the way. I mean, we don't need to be rotating 17 different personnel packages for this game where then someone new comes in, gets in late and then they don't like, no. Simple, simple, simple. That's my solution. I don't know if it's gonna work. And then two, obviously, hit the quarterback. I mean, come on. This is what you're getting paid for. This is how you built the team. Take advantage of those turnover opportunities uh, and get after Baker Mayfield. All right. What do you think of my blueprints? What's your blueprint?
1: Uh, Sheila you know, just pushing that word blueprint. You know, I, I don't love blueprint. and I don't love kiss either because I think the better one is kill, which is keep <laughs> it, keep it likable and learn or likable and learnable. Now I'm, I'm uh, forgetting if that's the right one as opposed to just <laughs> keeping it simple. But I agree <laughs> with you that the Eagles... <laughs> they kill do have to...
0: my god jeez <laughs> not
1: the active killing show come on but uh <laughs> i mean hopefully kill kill the run game first and foremost uh with those guys up front i think that you know you hope that whatever the snap rotations were throughout the whole entire year you hope that they're able to pay off ledger cox had a really good week of rest i'm sure he's he's really rearing to go and towards this part in his career i do think a lot's going to depend on you know what do the eagles get from Slay on the outside uh and really the rest of the, whoever else is going to play cornerback in that game as well. And see, you know, is it, you get Bradbury a little bit more physical on Godwin. Is that your kind of answer there? So I'm, I'm just hoping that, yeah, sure. We don't see too many over communications that end up in errors. And that's what I think that the Bucs have to force. Don't, if you're on the Bucks like you don't want to wait until the late downs to really bring in your, your fun stuff. You can attack them on, on, in heavy personnel on early downs when the defense is in base when you set one motion you set a shift they have to communicate they have to recommunicate and then it all just kind of unfolds from there she'll like on third downs i think my head might just be down a little bit like i am concerned for for all eagles fans watching every third <laughs> down uh like spe- specifically of the like third and 6 <laughs> plus variety uh where that's just a a situation where i think the bucks are going to yeah. have an advantage all game long
0: yeah i mean they'll just have guys playing way off you know like a safety against the slot on third and five, where it's just—I mean, pitch and catch, so easy. So yeah, I, I think you nailed it from a Bucks perspective. I mean, I, if I were them, I would say let's throw the football on early downs, play action, middle of the field. This feels like potentially monster Chris Godwin game. He he is very good in the slot, kind of looking more like his uh, his old self there uh, for. Tampa coming off uh, a previous injury. So um, I don't know. You have a lot of options if you're the Bucs. With the way the Eagles defense is playing, like I almost feel dumb saying you got to do this, this, and this. You can try different things. Again, I said they haven't been a good, great rushing team, but that doesn't mean you can't run the football against the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles linebackers cannot get off a block. The Eagles safeties cannot get off a block. They're in the wrong gaps. They're uh, not fitting the run well. And their defensive line uh, has not been as advertised or what you expected. So, those are a lot of the options from a Tampa Bay perspective. All right. Bucks, three point favorites, Sean. I was surprised. I just looked at this over under 43.5 seems a little low um, to me for this game because I, I just feel like the Bucks are going to be able to put up points. And I feel like, yeah, I do feel like the Eagles should be able to move the football. Now, playoff games are weird. Who knows? Uh, You know, you could have turnovers, you could have weird special team stuff, but uh, I actually think it's going to be higher scoring than that indicates. And listen, I cannot, in good faith, after having watched the last six quarters of Eagles defensive football, pick them to win this game. I'm sorry, I just can't. It's not like a personnel issue here or there. It is a broken unit that, again, does not know what to do. It is a team that I don't believe. Thinks, believes that their coaches have the answers uh, to provide them with to win a game like this. So uh, I'm not saying the Eagles can't win. Eagles are three-point favorites. They should win the game. The betting markets are telling you it is more likely than not that the Eagles win this game. Uh, If they do, I think it will be on the back of their offense. And then I think maybe you get a timely turnover or two on defense. I think the Bucs are going to put up yards in this game, but who knows? Maybe you get a sack fumble. Maybe you get a deflected pass. Maybe you make a play on special teams. Eagles, another thing they've wasted this season is they were number one in special teams DVOA. And guess what? It could just be completely wasting that uh, if you lose this game. Sorry, not to end it on a massively depressing note, but... uh, I've got the bucks in this game. I don't know. My, listen, I've said for years, no one has a worse gut than me. My gut is always wrong. My gut's never been right. When I follow my gut, uh, bad move. Do not do it. But uh, again, just Eagles defense. I can't pick them in this game. I've got bucks. let's say 27. Eagles, 23 in this football game. So a competitive matchup. I'm going way over that 43 and a half in this game bucks win and then eagles face what is suddenly a very 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 intriguing offseason so there you go sean i don't know if you want to make a pick you don't want to make a pick uh what but the floor is yours
1: yeah uh, i mean when i was looking at like the eagles (laughs) eagles being minus three is something that's like should they be like chill is there one playoff team in the whole entire set of 14 that you would have the eagles favorite against like the Steelers, okay, we could talk about, but probably not, right? And really a lot of that is. I would say yes. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah.
0: I would say the Steelers, probably just the, just the Steelers, I, I think, because the Steelers don't have TJ Watt and you know, Steel, they're just kind of squeaking by, but I think that might, I'm, I'm thinking about, I hadn't thought about it until you mentioned it, but I think in my head, uh, that's probably, and on the road, by the way, yeah, Eagles on the road favorites, I think it would just probably be the bucks and the Steelers I think if they went to Green Bay if they went to Los Angeles which obviously is not possible but we're talking theoretically any of those AFC teams I think they're probably not favored in this game so I yeah, think you're right
1: think there yeah there might be some weather going on there my hope is that you know it's a game where they're just able to kind of deflate the ball uh through the run game where I remember when we talked in week three we're like oh the film is really short because these possessions went for so long so yeah, I don't know. I'm ready to be heard again. I'm ready to be heard again. Let's go Eagles uh maybe 24 21. Uh, DeAndre Swift is able to continue wow. an, an awesome an awesome year. Uh I don't know. Is is it reasonable for me to say that? Do I feel good about it? I don't I don't feel good about it. Um uh, I'm excited for Monday night and uh and <laughs> whatever happens after that.
0: Eagles are favored by 3, so that makes sense. You're picking them to win win by 3. That's what the, you know, the, the markets uh say. I just cannot get there. All right. That'll do it. Let's see. Do we have a game? Do we have a fill? Who knows? Maybe we'll, we'll see what happens next week. (laughs) If they win, obviously uh, we're going to be back. Uh, If not though, Sean, you're going to be back soon anyway. I mean, I can't let you get uh, too far. We got a lot of questions. I, you know, I I think the listeners actually, I think some of them have, have hit us up. You know, if the Eagles do make coaching staff changes and we're not calling for anyone to be fired, but I do think our listeners would enjoy a nice episode with you where you're telling us, like, who are your – because you watch the film of every team. I mean, what are your favorite schemes in the NFL? You know, who are your favorite coordinators? Is there someone the Eagles, if they have openings, could pluck from some of those staff? So maybe that maybe that's what we'll do. Now, you're like, Sheila, I didn't sign up for that. I signed up to break down the film of all these games. But uh, if there are changes, I think that could be a fun episode. But I know all the listeners uh, have enjoyed – Having you on every week this season, I've enjoyed it. Cliff has enjoyed it. You, you, you respond to my notes in the doc, in the spreadsheet. When I say, who screwed up here? I have no idea who's, here. and then you say, well, I I don't know, but I think it was probably this person who screwed up. So uh, we all appreciate it. It's been a big addition to the Ringer's Philly special. I feel like we I can't go full goodbye mode here because, you know, we might be doing something next week, but that's just a little taste uh, of what's to come in, in case there's another goodbye down the road. So there you go.
1: Yeah, it's just been an absolute pleasure. Sheila, I hate to say, I hate to say goodbye and we're pretending like the Eagles are going to lose. But just in case uh, I'm not allowed on next week, seriously, it's just been, I think, like every year I think about it, uh, like last year was really, really Viking center for me because I was covering them the whole entire year. And I'm never going to forget last year's Vikings. And this year with the Eagles, I am never going to forget this year's Eagles. My first year being able to just be in the space full time. No more lawyering. None of that nonsense. Sheila, I just get to talk about football all the time as Really, really special just, I mean, the fans being able to, all of them sending such great questions. And, you know, Shield, the probably thing I'm going to miss the most is the, you know, hello, my friend, exclamation point on the, the Tuesday morning text. So, Eagles, I'm going to need you guys to win. Keep on <laughs> forcing Shield to send me those texts. I'm, I'm ready to, as I said, I'm ready to be heard again, but I'm ready to, to watch some more film.
0: I was going to say, of course, you'll never forget this team. I mean, who who could forget these defend, this defensive film you've watched? All right, sorry. I shouldn't have said that. We should have ended it on a nice, positive note. All right. Thank you, to Sean. Again, check out. Go to Sumer Sports, okay, and get this playoff preview. Send it to your friends. This thing is really cool. I've got it open right here. As I write my picks against the spread today, tomorrow, I'm going to have that open. To, Ooh, that's an interesting nugget. I'm going to click on that. So check that out. Uh, check out everything Sean does. Thank you to Sean. Thank you to Ace Producer Cliff Augustine, Solak, and I will be back Monday night, win or lose. Who knows what kind of like octaves Solak can get to if they get blown out uh, by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So you know, stay tuned uh, for that. He's an excitable little fella. You know, either way, he's, he's going to be excited on Monday night. So stay tuned for that. Appreciate everyone listening. We will talk to you soon on the Ringers Billy Special. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona one eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 seven, or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut one 800 with it in Indiana one 800 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas one stop in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call one 800 in Wyoming hope is here Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.